Thank you for tuning in once again to Joke Daddy Studios. This is Laugh With Me with your host, Joe. That's right, everybody. Thank you and welcome to another episode of Laugh With Me. I am your host, Joe. And I'm really glad that you decided to spend some time with us today. i got a very special guest. He's a very funny man, a comedian, and a teacher. We're going to hear all about his perspective of, of being a high school teacher and teaching about comedy and balancing actually being a real funny comedian, talking about touchy subjects, and still being credible at his job. This is going to be a great episode You're not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned to hear from myself and Kevin Eggleston. And we're back. I'm your host, Joe. And this week, as I said on uh, this episode of Laugh With Me, I've got the very funny, very talented, very skilled, um, very good looking Kevin Eggleston. And is this the part where we touch butts? Because like, it feels like the part where we touch butts. It is. It definitely is. I see you're wearing shorts, which, which is appropriate for being in my basement. That might take on water today. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I'm very fat, so I stay warm very well. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. I mean, I know to, to, to you I may look like a skinny guy. Yeah. No, it's weird when somebody's got your dream body and it's nobody else's dream body. Uh, <laughs> I am quickly chasing yours and Todd Royce's. I'm coming to get you. I want the title. Honestly, yeah. I mean, it's Keto's fault. Honestly, <laughs> you can't tell me there's an all-meat diet and not expect these results at some point. Um, I did Keto. Yeah? How'd it yeah. go? I lost 100 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And then I stopped for a year and a half and COVID hit. And it was COVID. It was COVID killed me. I don't like, think you can blame COVID. They still made meat, Joe. <laughs> It's not like they're like, oh no, it's only cotton candy from now on out. I was working, I work in a hospital, and and that's the problem, is at the very beginning of COVID, everybody worshipped medical staff, and they would drop off food, or they would cater food, and we couldn't take time off, and we couldn't leave and go to restaurants, so then the, the office would send us food, and like, it was, uh, we were just, food was everywhere, and, and what was it? Sandwiches and chips, and it was great. I love you. Like, God, I really hope they have another pandemic every three to five years. <laughs> they could do that. I would feel awesome. I was getting food, so much food. I was bringing it home for the kids, and people were dropping off cupcakes. Like, you guys need cupcakes. I'm like, you know, my building is an end of life building. People come here to die. Like, we're used to seeing people die. We're good. Maybe those were grief cupcakes because Mima passed away and you were just like, these are for the team. These are on mine now. You know, that's a possibility. Yeah. Did you ever see like an edible arrangement in the shape of a tombstone? And you're like, that is weird to send to me, but I'll take it. It's a little dark, but I'll take it. Exactly. I mean. Yeah, no, I'm a teacher, so we sometimes get apples, but those always feel like very sarcastic when a kid gives them to me. Just putting fruit on my desk. They're like, you need this. You ever worry? Like, that's poisonous? Like, you know, like, uh, Dude, fairy okay. tale? <laughs> Put a razor blade in it? Like, my my second year of teaching, I, uh, I get this new kid in my class, and the counselors pull me aside, and they're like, hey, just so you know, um, he had an incident with one of his other teachers. Like, Enlighten me. What's the incident? <laughs> He uh, 
he tried to uh, poison the teacher by putting some rat poison in some brownies and left him in the staff lounge. I was wow. like, oh, wait. I eat in that staff lounge. <laughs> he didn't try to poison that teacher. He tried to poison the teacher that was going to eat the free brownies, which was going to be me. <laughs> he knew his audience. Yeah. No, I was like, yeah, he's got a grudge against me and he's never met me. That's bullshit. Also, <laughs> the thing is, I was like, that kid would have gotten away with murder. Easily. Because if I would have dropped dead right after eating a brownie... Nobody would have done an autopsy. <laughs> then it was like, yeah, died eating bakery. We would have assumed that was how he was going to go out. So, yeah, I, like, I get it. I don't worry about poisoned apples. I think they just assume time and bacon will do that to me eventually yeah. anyways. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's tough being a, a big guy. And, uh, you know, at my biggest, I was I was 320. Uh, that was actually the, for the first time I weighed myself in eight years. I was 320, and that was after a month and a half of starving myself diet. Eighth grade was tough for me, too. <laughs> it was it was 12. No. <laughs> uh, but, um... Look, it was but, a late bloomer. All but, right. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, like, you, I would go to these conventions all the time for my old job, and they're in hotels, and, like, you walk, you walk in, and there's a, a, a banquet of food. Yeah. And it's like... You could stop there first or get your seat. And as a big guy, you're like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go sit down. I'll I'll, cir- I'll circle back around, or maybe and maybe you glance at it, and people just look at you like, he's gonna take it all, <laughs> fat bastard, you know. And then you get there, and there's none of the good stuff left. Oh no, it's all like asparagus. Yeah, and it's the bottom of the chafing dish, and you're like, oh cool, <laughs> I wanted this. I wanted just. One sliver of asparagus. I just want to know that my pee will smell weird later tonight. <laughs> just remember that I ate something. So See, I always got the one, though. Did you get this one where it was the people that would be like, Oh my god, are you hungry? Let's get you something. And then they get you more food than's reasonable. <laughs> like, I was yeah. in Texas for something. I'm a Mexican and, mother. That's yeah. how she feeds me. Yeah. I was in Texas, and this lady's like, Bring the dessert cart around. I was like, We don't need that. And she's like, No, you need it. I'm like, It's 8.30 at night. You guys gave me, like, two ribeye. Uh, I don't need it. And she's like... Get one of everything. You can take it with you. You can keep it in your hotel room. I was like, I'm not going to keep a whole dessert cart in my hotel room. And then she's like, you're from Seattle? Oh, my God, you must love coffee. So she got me a double espresso at 8.30 at night. I was up till 2 a.m. just thinking, like, this is bullshit. I hate Southern hospitality. Your, st- your state is awful. You're up till 3 staring at this dessert tray like, I should eat that. I yeah, now, eat that. now I'm just like, oh, I have an anxiety attack and I have desserts. That's good. That'll help my shame spiral. Exactly. So we jumped in pretty quickly, and you uh, you led pretty much out of the box that you're a teacher. Yeah, I don't hide it. Yeah, I try, but it never works. I'm a uh, arrogant dumb man. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what grade do you teach? Uh, I teach high schoolers, so I have everything from ninth graders to seniors. Okay. Yeah. Um, first of all, I love teachers. I think teachers are some of the greatest people on earth, as long as you're a good teacher. Um, and you are a lit teacher? Yeah, I teach English. Uh, I teach English, and I teach career and technical education. Career and technical... Okay, cool. So I teach, yeah, I teach journalism. Uh, I teach a class on comedy. I used to teach one on comic books. Like, really, I get paid to do all the dumb stuff that people told you you would never get yeah. paid to do. Yeah. So. No, that's great. I, I had a, a couple of English teachers in my high school career that really saved my life and, and put me like on the right track my uh my drama teacher in ninth grade um basically saved my life and it just was like 
I care about you. And I was like, holy crap, why? I keep skipping your class, and when <laughs> yeah. I am here, I'm drunk and high. Like, that's, I'm not a good kid. <laughs> to be fair, it was a drama teacher. He's like, yeah, I know, me too. <laughs> Joe, this isn't class. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, so I'm always, I, I love teachers. I think what you guys do is, is, a, is amazing. Um, but you're also a comedian. Yeah. And that's, that's one of those careers that I think, like, if you're a teacher, you can't be a stripper. If you're a teacher, you probably shouldn't be a racist. <laughs> if you're a teacher... <laughs> probably. Like, we'll allow some exceptions. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> Auto mechanics. Yeah. Wood shop. Yeah, my dad was a metal shop teacher, man. <laughs> oh, wait, I get where you're going. Yeah, shoe fits. Shoe yeah, fits. Yeah, you know. All old, right. <laughs> not racist old school. I get it. But comedian, because you're going to say some things. Yeah, yeah, and it's happened a couple times where I, I like I've had uh, either parents or students in a show. The weirdest one was I was in Seattle uh, doing a competition, and I just looked out in the uh, in the audience. It was the the final night of the competition, and I'm like, oh shit! There are three of my students that just graduated from high school. <laughs> Their graduation was like the night before. They all showed up at this show. Uh, and after the show, I was like, what are you guys doing here? They're like, oh, we saw your picture on a Groupon. <laughs> I'm like, and you decided to come out and see it? I'm like, that's bad. They're like, oh, we voted for you. And I was like, y- you should have. I can still fuck with your grade. Like, <laughs> Hold on. That, that's hilarious. Like, I would have geeked out. Hold on. I was on a Groupon? Yeah. My picture? My face? <laughs> yeah. I almost I almost pictured that. Like, when you said Groupon, I didn't think the online Groupon that we know. I thought the value pack that comes in <laughs> That'd your be mail. so great. I would feel so famous if I got on a value pack. She's like, oh man, this is really only goes to the best roofers in the tri-state area. Like, go. I'm honored. <laughs> roofers, fencers, cabin. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. It doesn't even have to be for comedy. Just stick my face on a Val pack and I'll be happy. <laughs> that would be great. But, but yeah, like, I couldn't imagine... Well, actually, I can. So, I was doing... Um, you were there. Uh, my, my, in my... In my backyard, doing yeah. illegal comedy. Um, I had some kids that I mentor yeah. that were now adults. They showed up, and uh, I went to do my set, um, which was stupid of me to do. I never should have done a set that <laughs> night. I should have just enjoyed hosting and, and, and being, you know, putting it all together. But I went up, and I, did, I went to do a set, and the, the, the MC of the night, the host of the night, hands me a joint or a blunt or something and i and i just was like well, i gotta hit it so i so i smoked this weed on stage in front of like impressionable imp, imp, you know that word impressionable impressionable youth. thank you very much i am not a wordsmith um youth and that were once my youth to impress upon good choices <laughs> yeah now, now the, the look of shame was just like could you have lied to him? Could you have been like, this is clove cigarettes? <laughs> I, no. No. He, the, the, the MC was smoking pot a whole night, just puffing like, back ah, Man, I don't know why it smells. Maybe we got a skunk problem in know. Tacoma. This is yeah. the neighbors. They grow yeah. it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's Tacoma. It's, like, that's a pretty good chance. Do you not live in Tacoma? I no. you were South Ender. No, man. Where you? Are you I Seattle? live up uh, Maple Valley, like oh, Issaquah. Geez. You came all the way here for this? I did. I sped. <laughs> I got like three tickets. Oh. <laughs> 
I was like, I can't disappoint Joe. Well, damn. I guess we'll give you. We'll, we'll have an extended version for you, just because <laughs> you made it in. Uh, what else are you doing right now? You're on vacation, right? Yeah, we're on winter break right now. Must uh, be nice. You know, it's not terrible. <laughs> uh, though it's weird because it's like I'm like, oh, I really needed this winter break, and we're all on quarantine, so I'm like. Just staying in the same house I've been stuck in for nine months. Like, dude, this is the reason why I drove down here because I was like, new place, new place. I'm like a dog that's excited to go to the park. She's like, oh, new faces. Well, I'm glad you came. I, re- I really am. Um, do, have you found yourself? Because you're working from home. Do you have a desk or do you sit at like your kitchen table? I, I'm I'm vaguely unprofessional. Um, I have like a in lounge bed with chair. a dinner tray. Yeah, yeah. Just do breakfast while I'm talking. No, uh, I, we have these, like, we have a little podcast studio because my wife and I run, do a podcast, but uh, it's got these, like, recliner-ish chairs that we, I'm just in teaching from. And I'm like, oh, behind me there's, if you just pan the camera just, like, a little bit on a Zoom call, it'd be, like, our entire bar collection. <laughs> but I have it just, like, just cropped out enough where I'm like, this looks almost legitimate. My back wall is the right color to be a green screen. So I'm oh, like, that's nice. yeah. So, but just I'm like, oh no, man. If that camera ever falls, they're gonna be like, there's a lot of alcohol. <laughs> a lot of those bottles aren't full. Well, he is a comedian. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it comes, and that's what I mean. Like, it's got to be hard because teachers are gonna think something of you right out of the gate, and uh, I feel like that that's got to be kind of tough. But um, do you find yourself now that my question was uh, like on break? Do you sit in that chair? Like, you just go over, like, sitting and, like, oh, I shouldn't be here right now. And, uh, and like, you have to, like, force yourself to, like, no, I'll sit over here. It's my sa- It's like my same, like, writing chair that I'll sit and write jokes in half the time. Because it's just in this quiet, kind of, like, little quiet cubby hole. But it's just, <laughs> it's weird because sometimes I'll do something where I'll be like, oh, I have, like, I'll get a message on my phone that's like, you need to be in your Zoom office hours. And I'm like, oh, I got to go start. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm on break. I don't have to do shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Being a teaching on Zoom is just weird because everything's like everything is like being a YouTube streamer. You have to try to like really entertain because it's just all blank screens and silence. Nobody so, I have no idea if there's people in the room even when I'm teaching or who's there. Oh my god. Yeah, like the worst one is uh like I put kids in a breakout rooms to work individually and then I jumped in and then all of a sudden I just hear this fat bong rip. And I'm just like, uh, do you have a, do you have a, do you have a, like a humidifier in there? Is that a fish tank bubbler? <laughs> what you doing, bud? Oh, oh sorry. I was just, oh, my friend was over. I was like, that's not better. It's not better. <laughs> You're very bad at disguising your drug use. Your camera's off. <laughs> Tony's like, shut up, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then the guy's like, I told you he was funny. And I was like, yeah, that's not the takeaway in this scenario. Like, you're making it so I have to do something. <laughs> what is the policy on that now? Not a clue. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I do know. Um, you don't care. But for the joke, I don't know. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, how do, I, how, do you tell, how do you write that email to a parent? Be like, uh, dear Mr. and Mrs. Marshes, uh, your child may or may not have been engaging in smoking marijuana. I heard, a, I heard a gurgle, 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 and I don't know what that was. Uh, so maybe look into that. <laughs> See yeah. if he's got any decorative glassware around his room. <laughs> See any vases? Yeah. Did he get real into floral design in the interim? Oh, man. So what came first, teaching or comedy? 
Uh, I was a teacher, so the reason why I started in comedy is um, it's actually because of a joke. Um, <laughs> I was a very sarcastic yes. child. Yes, our life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, so I, I was teaching. We were asked to we moved we changed schedules when we moved to this our, our new high school, and they said, "Hey, we need some classes for kids to take to kind of fill in their schedule." Um, and they were proposing a bunch of like college lit classes, and I was like, "Man, it's gotta really suck if you're a kid that doesn't really want to go to college or at least wants to try something different rather than writing essays." Uh, and I looked at it and I was like, "Well, we don't have anything that really deals with speaking and listening, like doing public speaking." I was like, but I also hate public speaking. I, I'm not a fan of it. So I, I made a I made a joke proposal where it was, hey, how about a class that just focuses on comedy? And I didn't think it was going to go anywhere because um, it, it's kind of a dumb idea. Like you watch videos. Is this what you're so thinking? So it would be it, you, we, it would books? the class covers everything from stand up to uh, satirical plays to comedy films to essays to I mean like everything fiction nonfiction. It's this broad, like, understanding or survey course of comedy. Okay. Um, we go over, like, joke structure, how to do all that stuff. Um, and so I, I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. And then uh, they got back and they're like, hey, we really love it. Will you actually have kids do stand-up so then we can say it hits the speaking and listening standards for the state? And I said, uh, <laughs> sure. Um, you guys did not read this very thoroughly. <laughs> Bad on you. And uh, so then I realized, like, I, there was a moment where I was like, I don't know. Like, I've always liked laughing. I've always been a funny person in a, a group. But I'd never done anything like this. So uh, I went online and I found a comedy class at Tacoma Comedy Club uh, that Corey Michaelis puts on. Yeah. And I signed up for it because I realized, like, one, I was never going to get up in an open mic. Two, uh, I was like, I couldn't ask my students to do stuff that I wasn't willing to do. I was like, that's that's yeah. what a coward does. I always hated professors that would be like... Just write a poem. And it's like, well, have you ever written a poem? No, it's, I'm bad at it. Well, it's like, fuck you then. Like, why would I do yeah. something you refuse to do? Yeah. So I was like, I have to do this at least once to be able to talk about it. Um, and so instead I turned around and did it and I got like hooked that first time. And I'm like, man, I should have just tried heroin. That would have been <laughs> way cheaper than doing comedy. That would have been way better for me. Yeah. Uh, physically and emotionally, yeah. but yeah, it, it, I mean, and then we did it. Uh, we took that. We took that class. So did you do it at Tacoma Comedy Club? Yeah, uh, Corey. So at the, the end of the course, there's a big open mic where you like you bring all your friends there. It's of course the thing you should never do, which is have all your friends show up to your first time doing comedy. But of course, this time you do it. They don't tell you that. No. They, they don't tell you that until you've done it for like three months and then you're like, yeah, no, you shouldn't bring people. I know the time when you're really excited. Uh, and you can trick people into showing up. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, you're new at this. And I, I think everyone just goes to watch you fail. The first couple times, like, nobody's ever like, oh, my God, I'm so glad he killed it. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I had people there, and, yeah, I was like, oh, I broke a rule in comedy. It was weird. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then I got hooked, so, yeah. Yeah, it is so addicting. Yeah. Um, so you kind of answered a couple of the questions all at once. The, the, the when, or... The why, the where, and the, and the when, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I do. I ask you. I answer the questions you didn't even know you asked. You, you know, because you're a good teacher. Um, so let's see here. So you do... How long have you been doing comedy? Uh, when COVID shut down, I was just at like 18 months. You said 18 months. Wow. You are 
very talented. Um, I from the first time I saw you, I I, I want to say it was at Shakabra, but I, I may be mistaken. But um, I was really impressed um, because you you're very well thought out in your jokes, um, and I could tell that you you, you write a lot, <laughs> which is something that uh, I struggle with because of my own learning setbacks when I was younger. Now, are you a dude that you wait till an idea hits you, or do you just sit down and write? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do both, occasionally, I, in equal measure. I want to I push myself. Yeah. So I do try and sit down and write. Uh, most of the time, I wait till an idea comes to me. Uh, when I was just starting, I was driving almost 200 miles a day. Oh. Um, I was working as a pest control route manager and a lift driver. Mm -hmm. So I was just in my car all the time, just in my head, and I would hit record on my phone and just like... That's got to be kind of nice. You, And I was like, you know what? This is kind of fun. This is funny. And um, so then I started to listen to it and write it down. And that's kind of where some of my stuff started from, but... Um, but yeah, um, but I could tell you were very formulated, and like you, you had even posted something like a, a bunch of books that people should read, and, and I know I, I hit you up for that information, just because there's, I didn't know where to start when I started with comedy, yeah, and I mean you went to a class, but there's not like a, a lot of things where it's like. Where to start comedy? It's not like there's like a Disney yeah, goofy intro. Like, so you want to do comedy? And it's always one of those things that's so funny because like com comics will always shit on the like open micers that are just starting out because there's so many things you don't know how to do. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, because there's there's no rule. And also I'm like, oh, it's kind of you got to get like they'll shit on people that take classes too. And you're like, yeah. you're like, but where's a person supposed to get that? Like if they need that extra kick in the butt, um, find it. And it's because. Open mics are intimidating when you're first starting out because it's everyone knows each other for the most part. Mm -hmm. There's some really weird rules for like how you sign up, and but you'll see somebody that doesn't follow that rule for signing up, and they're in, and like it's cool for them to do it. And, yep. You know, like I just I'm sitting there, I'm like, how would you even know not to run the light your first yeah. time? Your first time, like, how would you even know what the light is? Yeah. I mean, so it just there's so many little quirks to comedy that you can't find somebody to kind of help navigate it with you or or uh somewhere it's like where do you even start so my first time uh the host it was their first time hosting oh. and they had only <laughs> been doing comedy for a very short period of time and i get up there and the only piece of advice i was or the only thing that i was told by the club promoter was uh, or the guy who ran it he goes uh, when the light goes on you got one minute and it was a three minute set and I had no idea until I got there how much time I would actually even get. So I get up there, and there's, I see a red light, I see white <laughs> yeah. lights, I see it all, and I'm like, okay, maybe yeah. there's a different light. I don't know. Yeah. So then he's like, I hear the, the host in the back going, hey, your time's up. And I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs> he's like, get off the stage. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes, I, I always hate, because uh, there's a club, that you and I have both been to, but haven't. It's not like one that we've worked a ton, but uh, it uh, it's just a guy in the back with a cell phone, <laughs> and I can never tell. Like I've gotten back there and it's like it's five minute set, and I'll go back and I'll check my recording. It's actually a ten minute set. 
Yeah. Or it's like a three minute set because he's just like, ah, whatever. Like, <laughs> I always hate the ones where they're like, if you're doing good, we'll call you, or we won't call you off. And it's like, you should. You should call me off after my time. Like, <laughs> I need to know when to stop. There's going to be stop. a there's going to be a limit for where it stays good, man. <laughs> I, I had one time. Uh, it was the first time I had like a significant amount of time, and I was told that I could do ten minutes. I was like, great. I prepared my ass off. Ten minutes. We're gonna hit it. I get there, and he goes, "So you good to do like twelve minutes?" And I'm like. I got some new stuff I could do. Yeah, I, I can I can push it to 12. I get up there, I'm doing my thing. And uh, I know I'm getting... I'm, I'm actually hitting my closer. And he gets up, and I'm like, all right, perfect. He's going to come up here. He's gonna, you know, it's getting perfectly timed. He turns around and walks out the back door. <laughs> Jesus. And I was like, all right. So let's make up some funny. <laughs> and I tried to circle back around to my closing joke that is part of a whole big setup that I've been working. Like It did not fit. It was horrible. I ended up doing almost 17 minutes. And <laughs> also, about one guy could have a cigarette. Good. Yeah. <laughs> was it a paid show? No. Or was it closing an open mic? No. It, it wasn't an open Was it an open mic? I don't know. There was only three of us there. Oh, so it was kind of like a book showcase type deal. It wasn't a... He didn't book me. Oh, so he just showed up and he's like, you want to do time? Well, no, uh, I signed up ahead of time. He was like, hey, I'm looking for people to come do the show. It was over in Algona, Pacific Algona. Oh, gotcha. The Royal Bear. Oh. <laughs> Did I name names? Should I name was it a, my podcast. Was <laughs> it a, a, a topping of ice cream? Yes. Co- comic? Okay. Yes. That explains exactly everything about <laughs> what happened to you. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Not a paid gig. Wasn't really a show, but he was like, hey, I'm looking for people. You want to do time? You can do 10 minutes. Which I love because that show is always like, yeah, come do some time and we'll have some folks do stuff. And then, by the way, like Gabe Rutledge will drop in and do a set, or like like somebody <laughs> like a legit headliner. We're like, well, fuck! If I wouldn't known that, I would have would have maybe not done that joke. <laughs> I think it was Tony Daniels yeah. had open who had done a show before that. They actually had a show, and then they were doing this this other open mic thing or whatever. And he's like, they were like. Oh yeah, you should come next week and come early because maybe we'll let you go on before the opening act. I'm like, wait. So I might be able to go on before he goes on, but I'll definitely be able to go on after he goes on. But these are two different shows. How does? Yeah, yeah. You don't want that. I was like, oh yeah, this guy has just destroyed this room. Everyone came to see him. Yeah, and now we have the other guys that showed up. Yeah, I was like, no. Yeah, but um. Tony, Dan- I actually he talked to me after my set. He was like, "You got some decent stuff in there. You're pretty new, aren't you?" I'm like, "Yes, I am." He's like, <laughs> "Keep at it, you know." <laughs> so positive. I I I am fired for everything. I can't believe I just did that. If you are, uh, since you're listening to my podcast out there, podcast world, I do have a rule, and that rule is: if my phone makes a noise, um, you have to take a drink. So, um, no, that's not the rule. The rule is, uh, if you see me in a bar, you can call me on that, that noise and I will buy you a drink. So, uh, that's a little penalty I play with myself. Um, it's always good when you play with yourself. Is that how we're phrasing it? All right, no. Okay, master of semantics here. Um, um, so, since we're talking about horrible stories and good stories, I, I wanted to hear, um, a story, um, your worst 
show. Your worst, whether it's open mic night or um, or whatever. What what's your, what was your worst experience? Worst experience? Oh man, uh, not doing comedy for like six months. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so this was actually like this is a recent Zoom nightmare that I had happen. Uh, doing a a show that's supposed to be part of this like festival on oh. Zoom. And uh, I'm doing this show. There was some, like, warning signs that this wasn't, like, legitimate. Uh, <laughs> don't want to call out the name of the festival, okay. but it, like, it, uh, there was some stuff, like, they didn't confirm that I was on the show till the day of, and it was like, hey, uh, there's no promotion posters. They actually finally got the promotion poster put up three days after the show I'm on, Whoa. on social media. Didn't tag any of the comics in it. I mean, was just like, recent? yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm sitting on this show. I'm the first comic up. I'm riding the bullet. The host goes up, and the audience is just talking. I mean, and on Zoom, you, you can you you have the choice of either like you deal with them talking or you mute them. Yeah. And then you know ha- have the comics performing to silence. There's no yeah. in between because it kind of sucks. Um. So, anyways, I'm going. I'm getting into about three minutes into my set. All of a sudden, this person like has a dog barking. And then it's just, they just start talking to the dog, like telling it to shut up. And the host panics, or the people running the show panics, and just mutes everyone. So they mute me in the middle of my set with a build-up in the middle of my punchline, like right set up right before a punchline. And it goes on for 30 seconds. They have their settings so you can't unmute yourself because they didn't want audiences unmuting themselves after they've been muted and being more disruptive. So I'm sitting there like trying to get them to unmute me. Finally unmute me. It's been 30 seconds. I've lost all the momentum in my set. Then I've got to try to, like, recover back into my jokes. Well, they'd kept my time running. So right when I got back into my joke, I hit the minute light, and I'm like, oh, but you were supposed to give me the light, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a minute and a half off, so I'm two minutes from being where I need to be. And I end up rushing my closer. Just eat shit on the show. And then I was getting heckled because the people couldn't figure out that I was the comic talking. Um, because they also had the pri- they had the priority on it, so every time somebody would talk, it would throw yeah. priority to them. So they couldn't people couldn't figure out that I was the comic that was going. So they were like, "Shut up, mute your mic." And I'm like, "But it's me and my jokes. <laughs> Are my jokes that bad?" So it's just like I had every existential crisis as a comic of just a bomb and being like, "I don't like comedy anymore." <laughs> so that was my worst experience. Uh, so Stay, after that, I will never COVID. complain about like a live audience in any way, shape, and form. I say that. Or I lack will. thereof. I will complain so hard about audiences. <laughs> I mean, that's the comedian's prerogative. Yeah, oh yeah. Played. I mean... I will never blame them for me doing bad, but also, they can be real motherfuckers. Yeah, um, exactly. You can't, that, that is the thing. You can't blame, blame them for your being bad... But you could be like, you're a shitty audience. Yeah. You know that? <laughs> yeah, we've done a couple of those, like, when you're at American and they're belligerent with you. And you're like, what did I do to you? Like, oh, we just don't like the way you look. Like, yeah, that fits you know, for this place. You know, I didn't want to be here tonight. <laughs> yeah. But I forced myself to come and work out. Yeah. But that's, the, that's the other thing. Open mics, they are, you know, I try to explain it to my friends. We're like, oh, I want to come. Now I know. No, You don't want to come to an open mic. Yeah. If you do, come have a couple beers and shut up and... Don't even talk to me. But it's like it's like telling a boxer, like, I want to see you in a fight. But I'm going to come to the gym on Tuesday and, yeah. and see what you do. Like, 
that's not me fighting. Yeah. You don't need to see me work out. <laughs> or just, yeah, like being like a chef and you're like, can I just watch you cut carrots? <laughs> can I just see that? Like, I don't want to see you make anything, but can you just cut carrots for yeah. me? Yeah, because how many times have you worked on a joke? Yeah, I just tell them if you want to come uh, be supportive, laugh at other people. Like, because audiences, I yeah. love open mics when you have an actual audience. Yes. And every once in a while you'll get somewhere where you're like, a oh, gem. this is awesome. Yeah, you can have a great but, time. But, uh, yeah, they're really, they are, they are just comedy, uh, like, foreplay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the gems that you can find in an open mic. And I tell everybody... If you like live entertainment, if you like the arts, go to local comedy. Do yeah. it. Go to an open mic. You, you're not going to be disappointed. I mean, if, if anything, if it was horrible, you've got a story to tell. Yeah, yeah, and that's just it. Is like I've been at somewhere. I'm like, oh god, no. Uh, you know, the one where it's the person running the same shit they've been doing for a year, not changing a single word. Yeah, uh, those ones are the ones that get really bad for me. Or they're like, tw- I, you know, 25, 30 comics deep. It's twelve thirty at night. You yeah. just want to go home. Yeah. Yeah, some of those are rough. So, that's on your bad side. Can you tell me a story of your best night? What's your best memory? Oh, man. Uh, so, there was this... Uh, it was Dustin Nickerson. I was hosting at Tacoma Comedy Club. Josh Firestein was the feature. And... Uh, it was, like, the first night back. They had just opened back up. Um, and... From COVID, their first round of COVID restrictions. Okay. And uh, I'm doing my material, and I, I'm running a brand new joke, and it's working really well. And then I forget my own punchline, transitioning into older material. Yeah. Forget my own punchline. And I just made, like, this offhand comment, and the audience just died. Uh, and it was, like, one of those things that when you've done, if you do live comedy, you're like, oh, I just was clever in the moment, and it connected. The other times, the worst is when you're like you're clever in the moment, and you're like, you guys did not appreciate that as much as that joke deserved. Thank you, audience, for reminding me I'm awful. But like, it just landed, and the whole place just died. And I was like, okay, I'm good. COVID will be okay. Like, because I don't know. I got to this point. I think it was March. Everything shuts down. April. I'm like, I'm okay. I'll just I'll have a new 20 minutes. Everything will be fine. I'll write every day. I'll be perfect. And then this was in like May, and I was just like. Oh no! This is all going to be awful. Uh, I don't have any more jokes. I'm never going to be funny again because I hadn't really written anything new <laughs> in like a month. And I was just like, "Oh, I'm the worst. This is all fake. I'm a big phony." So I get up there. And it was just like this validation of like, "Okay, you're okay. You'll be funny. You'll oh, be fine." That's <laughs> that but, is great. I, I know that feeling like when you've been on and then you, <clears throat> for whatever list of circumstances, you haven't done any comedy, and then somebody's like, "Hey, I need you to host," or "Hey, I need you know, do you want to feature?" And you're like. Uh, yeah, of course. And then you're like, I am nothing. I would. Yeah. I would. No, this is a bad idea. And then you, you kill it and you're like, oh, yes. That, yeah. is, that is why I love this. And um, I, yeah, the, 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 those times when you're able to, um, to just be in that moment, especially especially with COVID. Like for me, when the shutdown happened, I, I was in the same boat as you. I thought I was going to write a lot. I didn't write anything. No. And I actually got really depressed, and I was like, I, "There's nothing to write for. There's nothing to write about. Yeah, I don't want to write what everybody else is writing." Yeah, oh, God, do you ever feel like looking back at the shit you wrote in March and April, where you're like, "We really blew our load early with these COVID <laughs> jokes." Like, 
first eight weeks, we were very funny, and then now nobody's doing those. We're just like, oh, this shit's gonna still keep going, huh? Uh, you know, I might do a Zoom comedy next week, and I might wear my mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just do some uh, Tiger Shark, or Tiger Shark, Tiger King tiger jokes. Tiger King jokes, oh yeah. Yeah, no, it just, uh, and uh, I'm like, this is, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy right now. I have so many comics that I'm like, hey, how have you been doing? How have you been writing? And they're just like, we haven't, because kind of it's a important i mean comics are very much we need immediate feedback that's why we like doing the art form that's yeah. why live shows matt that's why zoom doesn't resonate with a lot of comics is just need that live feedback you need that and it's tougher to get on an online yeah. show and you do a workshop which is a feedback yeah do you do any other uh, online? the only other thing you do that competition we but. do is yeah we do a, my wife and i and the boys at renerdish podcast we put on a show called some questionable content which is a comedy debate show but yeah. even then just asking people to do stand-up is tough. On it, just I don't know. There's something about that. There's a disconnect on Zoom. Um, there, I feel like there's a little bit of a lag. Um, Finding the timing, yeah, um, online is, is is an art form. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'm always curious how much it's going to translate when we go back to live shows. I don't want to say real shows because I don't want to try to diminish what a comic's doing, but also it's like. I don't know how many times I've sat in on yeah. a Zoom show and I'm like, you're giving some really placating laughs. And yeah. like, if if you're a comic and you can't tell the difference between those two, yeah. oh, that's going to be tough for you when you transition to the real it world. It is. Uh, and, you know, to, to shamelessly plug myself, uh, all you listeners, go back and listen to uh, an episode I have with uh, Nico Lukoff, who is like the king of online comedy right now. Like, he... I don't know what he did. He he was in the right place at the right time, but he has put together a band of misfits that that group they they do online comedy all the time and they're loving it and and who and it, I am interested to see what comes out of that. There's there's gonna be a class that comes out. They're they're gonna be like the millennials of comedy or something. Yeah, and and, and they're gonna be hated by so many, but then they're gonna be like revered. <laughs> it's by... gonna be like a fucking Vine star that gets a headlining spot. <laughs> Because they got like I got ten million Vine views. Like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Done no open mics. N- never like worked a joke. But like yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I just I'm curious how to see how that translates over. Because yeah. I and I like I admire that hustle. Um, I also just am like I don't know. Every Zoom show I've ever done, even ones that I have felt have gone relatively well, still feels like a bomb night yeah. on live comedy to me. So it, I don't know. We'll the, only, the only thing I do like about them, and I've I've done a handful, and uh, was talking to other comics before the show, after the show. That was the only thing that was like, oh, that kind of reminds me of what yeah. it was like, you know. I, I, I don't think they'll go away, and honestly, like I don't think I'd stop doing them yeah. if when things open up back for real. Uh, where live shows can happen, I don't think I'd stop doing them because they're a great place to be able to hop on and do a joke and just get an idea. I don't think you get truly a good idea of if the joke will work or not. Uh, no, but sometimes as you well. got to say it out. Yeah, and you got to say it into a mic and. Yeah, you, and you, you can do. read some facial expressions on Zoom. Yeah, that you can buy and be like, "Ooh, I'm losing them," and you can kind of read them that way. Yeah, well, because we do uh, do the workshop, which is uh, comics get a topic, they get a set, and then they get to work on whatever they want to. Uh, and you can have them where they're like, oh my god, this is amazing, this yeah. is fun, I love doing this. And you'll have some where you're like, I hate every moment of this. I'm like trying to text my wife being like, will you disconnect the power to the house? <laughs> Just hit the breaker box with yeah, a hammer, yeah. I don't care. You gave me a shitty word last week. 
Yeah, I couldn't even spell it right. It was yeah. such a shitty word. Yeah, your, your kid's future, ladies and gentlemen, is in this man's hand, as far yeah. as lit well, is concerned. Honestly, like, the word was philanderer. <laughs> your kids shouldn't be engaging in habits that make me have to use that word with them. That's true. Also, I don't know if you... God, wouldn't that be weird if you're a teenage philanderer? That sounds like such an old man word. <laughs> it's like a teenage dirtbag. Yeah. The opposite end of the spectrum, yeah. Um, so, before we wrap up here, I want to ask you... Um, okay, so you do a couple podcasts, or... Do you yeah. want to plug... Let's plug it. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, I do two podcasts. One is just going to get released here in the next couple days. Okay. Uh, so, the first one I do, I host with my lovely wife, uh, Bree. It's called Buy It's Cover. It's a movie review podcast where we take a movie on a, from a streaming service, um, we try to figure out what it is based just on the cover, hmm. and then we watch it, and then we talk about where we were wrong and what we'd have changed on the cover. Awesome. Uh, to make it match the movie. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It came from like a, like a fight where we're like, how did you pick that movie? And she's like, the cover looks so cool. Yes. Like, you're wrong and you're very stupid for picking it. Yes. I. You know what? Me and my wife, I'm going to have to listen to it. I, yeah. I've listened to a, a short a blurb of it. And but now hearing you talk about that, I gotta yeah yeah we'll like that. Uh, and the other one is one uh, I do with Robert Gross and my wife called Molotov Popcorn, and uh, that one is just uh, we take we take this weird journey through movies where we'll talk about them and uh, basically anything that pops up in our brains as we watch it, <laughs> and then we always end trying to find another movie to jump to that's some way related to the movie we just watched. Okay. So we go... Uh, what do we go? We go... Surviving the Game... ice Tea's Surviving the Game to uh, Hackers to Super Mario Brothers and then we just recorded for the sixth day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and... Uh, oh, no, we met Strange Days, sixth day. And then we're going to do Jet Li's The One. And it's just like our weird journey with how we get to all these different movies. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Do you like movies? We do, because uh, that's all we can watch anymore. My wife hates comedy um, so much, so I can't talk to her about anything comedy related. Like comedy in general? She hates stand-up. Wow. So much. I think it's because she was very tolerant when I first started going to like every open mic. And then... Um, there was a comic whose initials are A.S. that had never changed his routine in the year that we've been doing comedy. Uh, and he, she, one night, we just left the club and she did his entire set. And she goes, I want you to know I've heard those jokes so many goddamn times that if I hear them again, I will never show up to one of these again. I'm like, how is somebody else's jokes the breaking, like the ultimatum in our marriage? Like, I can't control that. You want me to write shit for him? That's great. You know, and that that's an interesting topic, and I think I, I talked about it um, on an episode that'll be airing in a couple weeks with Andy Harder. Um, we were talking about doing the same jokes over and over and over again, and, and it's like, there is some validity to that. I mean, um, you know, Seinfeld did his like a hundred times before he took it on yeah. the, the, the Tonight Show or, or the Late Show, whatever. Um, you know, and you have to do it over and over again. You got to work it, and there's a lot you can glean from it. But there's a lot you can glean from it, and be like, I need to stop, or I need to change, or I need to, you know. So it's 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 one of those weird things. Yeah, there's so many comedians out there. There's even hosts out there who have the same set, and it's 
three minutes. It's word for word. It's like you're not. You haven't grown at all. Yeah. And and that surprised me. Yeah, you could have something that's a good fallback or good. You know, you know, it's it's there in the pocket. But come on. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some new stuff every once in a while. Has nothing new happened to you? Yeah. I just I don't know. I. I, I, I guess I'm more that Louis C.K. school where it's like, turn over a new 45 every year. Yeah. Not that I'm ever at a point yet where I'm like, I got 45 that I can just turn and burn. <laughs> but it's like, try something. If you're going to an open mic and you're not going to run anything new or work on something new, you're taking that spot from somebody that could be. Or you're wasting the audience's and your time and yeah. the other comic's time. So it's like, try something new. And yeah. I get it. It's comfortable. It feels good. Yeah, um, that's yeah. one of those things that you'll learn with time. Like what rooms, what mics you can go to, and be like, "I'm going to try riffing tonight." Yeah, you know, this yeah. is a room where American, Americans ever. I'm never <laughs> going to go there with like shit that I'm like, ah, I need to get dialed in, show perfect, ready form. <laughs> Not going to happen because they're even if you did want to, they're going to shit on you. There's an audience member or just a Shad Foster that he's going to fuck it up for you. Somehow. No names. <laughs> yeah. No, we're naming, okay, Chad? <laughs> Sick of your shit. Uh, no, I love you, Chad. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Ned Flanders lookalike. <laughs> He'll be in here in a couple weeks. Good. Good. Uh, well, I'll play this for him. Yeah. <laughs> tell tell him how you reaction. really feel. Yeah. And while we're talking about Chad Foster, uh, no, you better stock up with more Rainier if yeah. he's going to be here. I will, yeah, yeah. I guess Shelby coming in, too. I should probably bring them in on the same day. I can't tell them apart. I, I mean, I know one's tall and, like, you know, is covered in tattoos, but for some reason, I could not... It took me a good eight months to figure out the, the, who was who. They they have a certain effect. It's They, they blur. Um, just, yeah, it's like a magic eye, really. <laughs> and the drunker you get... Yeah, well, like, of course, the, you're, the you're at American. Of course you're going to be drunk. Um, I don't... I'm trying to think. Have I ever had a sober set there? I don't think I ever have. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, Kyle. Props, man. Please bring that place back up and running. It would uh, be nice. It but yeah, nice. I don't so. think he'll ever open another place. And as long as Governor Inslee's in house, <laughs> yeah. Kyle will not. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand the protest. Stay in lockdown. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, maybe we can trick him to a place like on the Idaho border. There we go. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, do you have anything else to plug? Dude, if you folks liked anything that I said, uh, find me at Kevin underscore egg on Twitter and Instagram. And that's really it. Like, finding a comic on social media helps us out. Or you can find me on FetLife if you're freaky. <laughs> we'll save that for another podcast. It's actually the same username. No, that would be really <laughs> weird. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to do it for this week's episode <laughs> of Laugh With Me. Uh, on behalf of my guest, Kevin, uh, I've been Joe. You've been great. Thanks for tuning in.